Chapter Twelve of Plum Pudding of Diverse Ingredients Discreetly Blended and Seasoned. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Plum Pudding of diverse ingredients discreetly blended and seasoned by christopher morley chapter twelve a portrait my idea of life said my friend s would be to have a nice lawn running down to the water several deck chairs plenty of tobacco and three or four of us to sit there all day long and listen to b talk i suppose that b i wish i could name him but it would be an indecency to do so for part of his charm is his complete unconsciousness of the affection and even adoration of the little group of younger men who call themselves his fans i suppose that b's talk is as nearly johnsonian in virtue and pugnancy as any spoken wisdom now hearable in this country to know him is in the absolute truth of that enduring phrase a liberal education to his simplicity his valorous militancy for truth he joins the mind of a great scholar the placable spirit of an eager child i said johnsonian yet even in the great doctor as we have him recorded there were a certain truculence and vehemence that are a little foreign to bee's habit fearless champion as he is there is always a gentleness about him even when his voice deepens and he is well launched on a long argument he is never brutally dogmatic never cruelly discourteous the beauty of b's talk the quality that would make it a delight to listen to him all a summer afternoon is that he gives unconsciously a perfect exhibition of a perfect process a great mind in motion his mind is too full too crowded too ratiocinative for easy and frugal utterance sometimes unless one is an acute listener he is almost incoherent in his zeal to express all the phases and facets of the thought that flashes upon him and yet if one could unknown to him have a stenographer behind the arras to take it all down so that his argument could be analyzed at leisure it would show its anatomical knitting and structure do you remember how burke's speech on conciliation was parsed and subheaded in the preface to the school text just so in one and two and three a b and c a b and c one two and three we could articulate the strict and bony logic that vertebrates b's talk reservations exceptions qualifications parentheses subclauses and numerous paraphrases swim upon him as he goes and he deals with each as it comes sometimes one thinks he has lost the spine of the discourse is mazed in a ganglion of nerves and sinews but no give him time and back he comes to the marrow of his theme what a happiness this is to listen to he bless his heart now and then apologizing for his copiousness little dreaming that we are all better men for hearing him 
that his great gray head and clear kindly eye his mild and magnificent eye whose is that phrase are to us a symbol of socratic virtue and power that there is not one of us who after an hour or so with him does not depart with private resolutions of honor and fidelity to wisdom how he irrigates his subject whatever it is i'll tell you who time gallops withal it is when b sits down at a corner table of some chop-house and the rest of us seeing to it that the meal gets ordered and now and then saying something about the food so that he will remember to eat we marvel to watch the glow and business of a mind so great paired with a heart so simple my idea is this he says subject to an exception which i will state in a moment taking up his exception he makes it so lucid so pregnant so comprehensive so irresistible that it seems to us the whole and satisfying dogma and then suddenly turning it inside outward he reveals the seams and we remember that it was only a trifling nexus in the rational series he returns to his main thesis and other counterpoising arguments occur to him he outlines them with delicious aesopian sagacity of course this analysis is only quantitative not qualitative he says but i will now restate my position with all the necessary reservations and we'll see if it will hold water we smile and look at each other slyly in the sheer happiness of enjoying a perfect work of art he must be a mere quintain a poor lifeless block who does not revel in such an exhibition where those two rare qualities of mind honesty and agility are locked in one of course it is hardly necessary to say we do not always agree with everything he says but we could not disagree with him for we see that his broad shrewd troubled spirit could take no other view arising out of the very multitude and swarm and pressure of his thought those who plod diligently and narrowly along a country lane may sometimes reach the destination less fatigued than the more conscientious and passionate traveller who quarters the fields and beats the bounds intent to leave no covert unscrutinized but in him we see and love and revere something rare and precious not often found in our present way of life in matters concerning the happiness of others a devoted spirit of unrivalled wisdom and those pertaining to himself a child's unblemished innocence the perplexities of others are his daily study his own pleasures a constant surprise end of chapter twelve recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida